2 Kings chapter 5. I want to, as we look at this, I just want to leave you with a, a thought this evening. It's a very simple thought. It's a, uh, but I think it's something that's profound and that it really helps us to focus on why we're here. And uh, if you're here tonight and you know there was a time and a place when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, then you probably haven't yet. And you need to get that matter settled. But we're going to leave this world and go into eternity one of these days. And you're going to spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And uh, you need to know that there's been a time and a place when you have received the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And if you have, you're still here. And which of the two places, here or heaven, is the better place? Of course it's heaven. So your loving Heavenly Father didn't take you there the day he saved you. It's because he used somebody in your life to bring you to understand your need for Christ. That's what he wants to use you and me to do. And until he takes us home, let's be found faithful and let's finish well. That's my prayer. The older I get, I'm in my 60s now, and I started out doing this in my 30s, and uh, I'm now over double what I was then. And uh, more and more the thought starts going through my mind, finish well, Amen. finish well. But I want to share with you, a, I told you about a lady that... Uh, is no longer in that category of unsaved folks. There we go. This has nothing to do with missions, <laughs> except we're grandparents now. And uh, five years ago, I'll show you a picture of our family, but five years ago, two of our daughters got married, and then Rachel in Japan a couple years ago. But uh, this just, this year, we were blessed to get, uh, she started out really, really little, but the little Haley is doing very well now, and we're thankful for that. And then this little guy came into the world doing just fine, and uh, little Isaiah Stahl, his parents are on their way to Nepal as missionaries, so they're doing the same thing we're doing. They're traveling around the country, and we'll see them one more time. But this is our whole family, minus, except Rachel. Rachel, let's see, this thing I can point with this thing, I think. Yeah, right here is Rachel. Her husband couldn't come back from Japan this time, but other than Sekito not being there, all of our kids and their spouses and our grandkids, uh, Emily was still carrying one. Uh, and little Isaiah has been born since then. But we're very blessed. We just had uh, this brief opportunity to be together. I don't know when this will happen again, so we are very thankful when it comes. But uh, let me jump ahead here if I can get it. There we go. This is a picture you might remember from the slides. This is Mr. and Mrs. Inoue. That's how it's pronounced. And uh, she just trusted Christ just a few weeks ago. We got an email. I'll show you a picture. Brother Oishi, who's over there, this is the Inoue's behind their farm. We went to call on them, and uh, over the years, my wife, I've witnessed her, her husband, my wife has witnessed to her, talked with her. We've known them for about 10 years, and she's there in the bottom left of that picture with a ladies' event, and while they were doing that, I was talking with her husband, and uh, just working with them, coming to services and things, but a few weeks ago, Brother Oishi and his wife went to call on them at their home, and Mrs. Inoue had questions, and uh, started asking questions about eternity and about heaven and about after we die. And, and uh, so Danielle just started opening the Bible to her and said, would you like to know how you can have assurance that you have eternal life? And she said, I would like to. And so uh, while she was working with her, Mr. Inoue and uh, Brother Oishi went somewhere else and did something. And about an hour later, uh, she put her faith in Christ. And so we're praying for her husband. She's just a new baby in Christ, and uh, her husband is still not ready uh, to receive the, the Lord, but we're praying that that day will come as well. But uh, the Lord has used your prayers and your giving, 
and uh, God is saving souls. Uh, it, Japan, the work of missions in Japan is applauding kind of a work. It, uh, it's not a 100-yard dash. It's more of a marathon, and you've got to go for the long haul and wait and pray and pray and wait. But God's promised his word will not return void, and so he's doing a work there. But now I want, you to, I want to leave you tonight with a thought in these last 10 minutes or so. Uh, do what you can. There's a phrase in the Bible where we see this, but first I want to take you to the story here. I'm just going to read pieces of it. But you know the story, probably, of a, there was a man, tells us in 2 Kings chapter 5, now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. He had all these things going for him, but he was a leper. And leprosy back then was an incurable disease. It forced you away from family and friends and society, and there was no hope for it. And uh, here he was with all that, but yet he was a leper. And uh, I want you to, I'm going to focus on something that happened. He's there in, with leprosy in Syria, but the Bible says there, that there was a little captive girl. I'm going to paraphrase now instead of just reading the whole passage. But there was a little Jewish girl from Israel who had been taken captive. Uh, by the Syrians, and she served Naaman's wife. And you know what? There were a lot of things she could not do. We often focus on the things we can't do, and we use that as excuses, right? I can't, I can't, I can't. And Abraham, not Abraham, but Moses, when God called Moses at the burning bush, he had all these reasons why I can't, I can't, I can't. And God had to remind him, it's not about you, it's about what I want to do through you. And so here, think of the things she could not do. She couldn't heal his leprosy. She couldn't make him believe that if he went to Israel, anything would change. And she couldn't pay for the trip. She's just a little servant girl. But she could tell, she first of all could believe that her God had the power, that he could do something to help this man, and she could tell about him. That she could do. And so she did what she could. And the rest of the story is a result of what God did with that little girl doing what she could do. And so he went, he got over to Israel, and he went to Elisha's house, and he thought Elisha was going to come out and greet him and bow before him and respect all his notoriety, and he doesn't even come out of the house, and he tells him, go down to the Jordan River and dip yourself seven times, and he gets really, really mad, and it's because of pride, it's because of leaning on your own understanding, he said, I thought, exactly, you know, you and I have to come to the end of self and thinking how I think it should be. And you can't negotiate with God. God has told us the terms in which there is only one way for us to go to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. Now, you can fight it. You can try to go your own way. But God waits for you to come around to his way. And so the conditions for Naaman to get healed was go down to the Jordan River and dip seven times. And you'll be healed. It was not a hard thing. But he said, I thought that he would come out and he would command and he would wave his hands and do some big hocus-pocus thing. And it would be a big to-do, and everybody would be impressed, and the leper would be healed. But I'm just supposed to go down and dunk myself seven times in that dirty Jordan River. Aren't the rivers back in my country cleaner? Probably. Why can't I do it there? Because God said, you got to do it here. You don't negotiate with your creator. Right? The Bible says that every day we have is a gift from God. He gives us life and breath and all things. How many went out this morning to Walgreens and bought your day's oxygen? You just breathed it today, right? Now, maybe some of you have to use some oxygen therapy. I understand that. But you didn't go out and buy the air to breathe. It's a gift. 
He gives that to you every day. And the goodness of God leads you to do what? Repentance. And this man needs to come to that place of repentance. He's not there yet. And so he's mad, and he's, he said, I want to, why should I have to do it here? Well, because God said so. And he goes off in a rage, it says. And so two servants come to him, and they appeal to him. If the man asks you something hard, I mean, how bad? Don't, don't you want to be healed? Don't you want to be done with this leprosy? Aren't you tired of living the way you're living? And you and I have to come to that place where we are tired of living the way we want to live, and we submit ourselves to God. And when we will do that, God is ready to heal us and ready to save us. And so here, he thought about it. He thought, you know, you're right. And he had to turn, and he had to humble himself. And in front of all those people, he had to decide it's not important what people think. It's not important whether they laugh. It's not important. What's important is that I be healed. And so he went down there, and you know the story. He dunked himself seven times, and when he did, he came out, and he was clean. That's a picture of salvation, and you could think a lot on that. There's another story in the New Testament. Oh, what did I do? Let me try that again. Brother, help me. I hit the wrong button. Thank you. Okay, I think we're back. Okay. That man's good. You better keep him. All right. All right, now, I want to go ahead. The picture that I jumped past was a woman that took an alabaster box of ointment and she broke it and, at Jesus' feet. And people criticized her and they said this was a waste. And Jesus said, let her alone. She's done this for my bearing. She's done this to honor me before I die. And then he said at the end of that passage in Mark 14, she hath done what she could. Now I want to take you to a story about a man in Japan. This is World War II and I'm going to do this really quick because I got a four minute video I want you to hear at the very end. So I'm going to run through this. But this man was an ambassador to Japan, uh, in Japan. He was an ambassador uh, first in China and then later to the little country of Lithuania. His name was Chiyune Sugihara. He took his family there, and he, at the, as World War II was happening in Europe, he was in this little country of Lithuania. One morning, a whole bunch of Jewish refugees from Poland came to his door, and they were wanting... Exit visas. If you would grant us an exit visa, Russia will let us cross the Russian railway, uh, Russia on the railroad, and let us escape and get away from Hitler. Three times his government told him, no, you cannot issue these visas. And he had to make a decision. If I send these people back to Poland, I'm sending them to their deaths. Or I could go against orders and risk my entire future, and I don't know what will happen to me, but I have to do what I can. And this man chose to do what he could. And so for the next several months, he and his wife decided together, and he started writing, handwriting visas, and you'll see copies of them in a moment here. Let me see if I can get this to work. Okay. And these are actual visas that he wrote against orders, but they gave these people permission to go out of Russia because Russia said, okay, you got a visa to go into Japan? Okay. And so they did. And so these are names of people that he helped. Over 2,000 visas he wrote by hand in the next several months. Now this spin ahead years later. He, was, he went back to Japan. He lost all position for what he had done because he disobeyed orders. Uh, he died basically an unknown man in his country. But the nation of Israel that was reborn took big notice of what he had done for them. And his son, just several years ago, named Nobuki, went back to Israel. And he said this about his father. Never had he imagined that many, so many beneficiaries of the documents that he issued would manage to survive. Now his son estimated there were several hundred thousand descendants 
of those who were able to escape to safety. And I finish tonight with a brief testimony of a one woman who explains why what this man did was so important to her. And then I'll just close in prayer, and I think you'll understand where I'm going with this. I was born in 1937. In 1939, my parents and I fled from the area that was occupied by the Nazis into Lithuania. In 1940, my parents were able to get a visa from Mr. Sugihara. I was a child and really did not know the impact Mr. Sugihara had upon my life. Mr. Sugihara wrote these visas by hand. He was able to write a little over 2,000 visas. He really didn't know what would happen to him as a result of the things that he did. He saw people who were really desperate to leave Lithuania. With this visa, we took the Trans-Siberian Railroad through Russia down to Vladivostok, and from there to Tsuruga, Japan, and then to Tokyo, and eventually we came to the United States in 1941. My parents left everything behind, including a mother left behind her, her family, which was all killed in the Holocaust. A conspiracy of kindness is really what saved my life. Dear Mrs. Sugihara and family, I don't know how one can really thank another person for giving them the gift of life, but I will try. I recently learned about your late husband, Shine Sugihara, and his heroic part in rescuing Jews in Kovno, Lithuania. I'm among those whose life he saved. At the time, I was a three-year-old child traveling on my mother's passport and visa. I am grateful to you and your family for supporting Shiene Sugiara's compassion, sensitivity, and exceptional courage at a difficult time in history. My parents and I were incredibly lucky to have encountered him. I, too, thank you. I am grateful to have had the opportunity to grow, to adulthood, to benefit by a good education, to have been able to be married to a special man for at that time was 40 years, which is now 57 and a half. To have taught many elementary school children for 25 years, to have raised and educated two wonderful twin sons who are medical doctors, now. All of my family join me in sending our thanks and appreciation to you and your family for your husband and father's exceptional noble actions and I'm excited with heartfelt gratitude, Edith Finkelstein Hamer. I would not be alive today if it were not for Mr. Sugihara and certainly I would not have the children and the grandchildren that I now have. So by saving one life, he really saved many lives. 
Holocaust Museum Houston is proud to present Shianae Sukihara with the 2015 Lyndon Baines Johnson Moral Courage Award. This was a, a secular story in history, but what that one man did, and he left this world not even knowing the impact that he had. There are people that are right now in Japan on their way to heaven because a little child put a tract in their door or handed them one on the street or invited them to a Christmas program. And there's a mother of a man in his 60s now who was in her 80s and saw the change in her son's life that came just because some person did a small thing, but they did what they could do. There's something that God has for each one of us that we can do. Many, many things we can't do. Don't worry about the things you can't do. Just focus on the things that you can do. And if you're not sure what it is, ask the Lord or talk to your pastor. I'm sure he'll think of several things. But uh, there is a work that we can do. And uh, we're going to go back to Japan and do what we can do. God's allowed us to learn the language and live there, and it's home to us now. So we're going back in October, looking forward to that. You probably can't do that. We can. Uh, we can't be here other than just for a couple days. But you're here. And so there's something each one of us can do. By God's grace, let us do that. Father in heaven, thank you tonight. I pray that you will help each one of us as we go from here tonight to just think about that little girl in Syria who there were so many things she couldn't do, but she could tell her master's wife about the prophet in Israel. There was a little boy who couldn't feed a multitude, but he could give Jesus his lunch. Uh, Father, there were so many examples in the Bible of people who could do so little, but yet the little they did, you took it and magnified it and blessed it. Father, help us to quit hiding behind excuses of what we can't do and quit living in unbelief and to start looking by faith at you and the power of what you can do. And your gospel is still the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Father, help us to not be ashamed of that gospel. Help us to take it wherever we go and to do what we can. I'll thank you in Jesus' name.